that I had actually died when I was born, which I find really fascinating. So I, I like I was alive, like in the womb, obviously. I had died for a short while. I think it was like three minutes while I was like my mom was having me. And I think it's really fascinating. I mean, I don't remember anything, obviously, but I think it's really fascinating because I am an empath and there were things that happened growing up that everyone in the household was affected, but not me, not as much. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder What the fuck just happened? This is part two of my conversation with Michelle Little, the spiritual witch. If you want to listen to part one, check out episode five, Should We Hex Donald Trump, where Michelle talks about being a Wiccan, the ethics of casting spells and hexes, and if she has ever gotten any evidence that her spells have worked. In this episode, we talk further about what it means to be a Wiccan, how using a pendulum has given Michelle some surprisingly accurate answers, and about NDEs, near-death experiences. Apparently, Michelle had died for three minutes when she was first born. Did she have an NDE? Also note, this was recorded around August 2020, So some of our COVID and quarantine talk is a little dated. And with that, here's my conversation with Michelle. So I'm also curious because you told me, so you'd been raised a Christian, then you read this one book and you were Wiccan. Was it a much longer journey than that? Or was it like almost overnight? Like, oh my God, this is me. 
So this is like totally not how you're supposed to do it, but I just felt like I was booking as soon as I had read this book. And now I have like, God, I have like 30 books now. <laughs> so it has been a long journey. I've got, I've got a grimoire now. I've got like a hundred books now, like I said, and I've got a bunch of tools and it's more like what you feel you need. So I felt I needed a wand. So I, I got a wand. I didn't just get everything right away and say, oh, I need this and this and that. You just, you go with your intuition, with your gut. Okay. I need this and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that. So like I got runes and I've been working with runes recently. What are runes? Runes are, um, I'm working specifically with the Elder Firthark runes, so I'm not sure about the other ones, but these ones specifically are um, an ancient, kind of like an ancient alphabet, and these are a way to, it's, it's a divination tool, so it's a way to speak with your spirit guides or those who have crossed over or things like that. Have you gotten any amazing messages from a spirit guide, or, and if so, how? So, yes, I actually have. I have um, a pendulum. I have this pendulum who I swear it's like never wrong. It's almost frustrating how not wrong it is. I, I get mad at it sometimes. So it, I, I'll talk about my, one of the first incidences first. I, I had witnessed a, um, a parrot that had died in front of me. It was really sad. And I'm sorry. This woman had brought her, her bird in to get her, its wings clipped. And it was just like a routine clip, but the, the store owner was way too rough with this parrot, and it unfortunately died of a heart attack, because you can only be so rough with a bird before it freaks out. And so the bird's name was Arrow, and I, I've been scarred from this incident for, like, ever, and it's been, you know, horrible. I'm, I mean, I'm happy for him now. He's in a really good place. But I went to go contact him after incident happened and I was like hey are you in a better place are you okay is everything all right and he said he was he said he was in a better place he said that he was happy and he was he was free and he was flying now and so I was happy for him and I told you know the mom is very Christian but she's also very open to this stuff and I was like hey I just wanted to let you know I went to speak to Arrow and you know he's happy so it was a it was a nice moment that we had oh that must have meant a lot to her and yeah. how, how did you get that message? Was it just like in your head where you, you said you were doing stuff with putting letters together? Did it show up in some way or with a tarot card? Like how, how do you feel you actually got that message? So I use a, a pendulum. And so with a pendulum, you say, I ask it, I say, show me yes and show me no. Because you, you're using a crystal and that crystal has its own energies to it. I have an angelite crystal. And so I ask it to show me yes and to show me no. And it shows me yes and shows me no. And I say, can you please connect me with Arrow? And since Arrow had just passed, I know he was around me. And so I had connected with Arrow and I knew it was him because I had felt his energies in the store and I felt his energies again. And so I was able to connect with him and it was a really positive experience. But I've had other experiences with this particular pendulum <laughs> And that's kind of how it works. Show me yes, show me no. Occasionally you'll get a maybe. Yeah, it, it's, it was a really good experience. And um, her kids were too young to understand. I'm sure she'll tell them at some point, but they were too young to understand. And that's so sad about poor Arrow. I mean, I find, I guess we both already said, we just love animals and a mistreatment of an animal just like makes me feel sick. Yeah, I, 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 it's horrendous. Like, oh my goodness. So I'm so happy we have our animals because like they, I would love to die and come back as one of my animals. Like they're so spoiled. 
Oh my God. I agree. And they have no idea this COVID thing's going on. They're so like oblivious to it. I mean, I, I guess Pickles, my poor dog, misses, like he used to get scratched by everybody on the street and play with dogs and then like try to fight all the big dogs. And now he's like having to be really solitary except for his immediate family. But yeah, I mean, pass, you know, he misses her friends. I, I, I can see that. But at the same time, she's like, oh, you're home all the time. We can hang out, right? <laughs> yeah, Pickles loves me home all the time. Yep, so does my cat boots. <laughs> oh, he like freaks out if I step outside now. He's gotten like 10 times clingier. And my cat's really happy to have me home this much too. But he's, yeah. you know, a cat. So he's a little less clingy than my dog. That's, but. that's how Kiwi is too. My goodness. She's so, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so I'll tell you about these two other times with my pendulum. Oh, yes, please. So the first time I was in the emergency room with my mom, she was having some stomach issues. And the doctors are like, oh my gosh, this could be appendicitis. So I went to the bathroom real quick, you know, because my parents were Christian. I was like, oh, let's not whip out the pendulum real quick and just ask it questions. I don't know how the doctor staff would think about that either. So I started asking questions. I said, hey, is my mom okay? And it said, yes, she's okay. I said, does she have appendicitis? No, she does not have appendicitis. I said, well, she needs to stay overnight in the hospital. I said, no. So she didn't have appendicitis. She actually had an ulcer in her stomach. She didn't have to stay overnight in the hospital. So on another instance, I was worried I was going to get fired from my job. And this was before, this was not like that much before the COVID pandemic. It was like two weeks before COVID had really hit. So I think we kind of knew as a society COVID was coming, but it didn't hit. But my, the, the job I was at was working internationally. So I think they knew before you know, the international companies knew before. And so I was worried I was going to get laid off from this company. And my friend was over here, like, I have a meeting with my boss too, and I'm a little nervous about it. And so I said, well, what are you nervous about? She's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. And I may or may not get a raise. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I asked the pendulum, I said, what's going to happen? Am I going to get fired? It said, yes. And then I asked it, okay, well, is Jamie going to get a raise? And it said, yes. So I ended up getting fired, and she got a damn raise. And I was like, what the hell? I mean, we don't know exactly what a pendulum is. I'd be, you know, in terms of where it comes from, I'd be curious your thoughts, because there's theories that, you know, you have little micro movements that you're not conscious about, which moves it. So it's like, do right. you un- did you unconsciously sense these things? Like knowing your mom, is there some part of you that like just unconsciously, do we read each other's health in an unconscious way so much more than we know? Or maybe, you know, are your guides telling you and you move it? Or is it coincidence? Like, these are all the things we don't know. Like, what do you personally think? Because I'm not going to pretend I even know at all. I wonder. And I I do think that it's interesting because angelite, the crystal that I, I have at the bottom of it, is used for healing. That is what it is for. So if you've got an ailment, I mean, I'm not going to say, hey, just have some angelite in your pocket. If you've got broken bone, go to the doctor you know, but angelite will help you in the healing process. You know, having those vibes around you will help you in the healing process. You know, I, I think that it is me connecting with my spirit guides because I've connected with them. I've had chats with them about things and, and just like stuff like this just comes true. And I just, I see it. And the interesting thing is I did tessiography before COVID hit. And this is another form of divination. It's tea leaf reading. And in my tea leaves, I saw the, my wedding that's happening in October, but right before the wedding, I'd seen this big black block, and I was like, what the hell is that? When was this? Before I mean, COVID. was it like 
Was it like right before COVID or way before you would have even known that? This it was, was in February. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that was before so, we really knew here at all. Yeah, it was. So in March, it really hit here really bad. So February, yeah, it was like the first week of February I had done a, a tea leaf reading. So I feel like divination works, but you have to find the tools that work for you. And I find that I work best with other other things. So like I, the tea leaf reading lavender, of course, and then the the crystal or the, the, the pendulum has a crystal in it. And so I, I work with that crystal very well. And I love that crystal. You know, we work very well. I, I'm, I'm worried to ask it more things because it's been right on so much stuff. I mean, it, it predicted my dad was leaving and that he was going to be okay. I was, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, it's predicted a lot. And a lot of it's come true. All of it's come true. I, I'm waiting for it to be wrong. I, I find that fascinating. And my mind immediately goes to, oh my God, if I, if you ever want to take the time, I'd love to get you and maybe five other people and do actual scientific experiments and get the data and see what percent it's wrong. Like that's what immediate mind goes. But if you'd ever interested, I would love to have you participate. I mean, I'm fine. As long as my spirit guides are fine with it, I'll have to ask them. <laughs> Sure, no problem. Does that would is that something that would sort of feel like it takes it out of its sacred space when people come in with scientific experiments like that? I feel honestly, I just feel like it's a it's a lack of respect, it's a lack of understanding, it's a lack of mm. those kinds of things. But when you come at it with a respectful point of view, like you know, like with um sociology and stuff like that, when you're when you're living with the tribe and you're not like necessarily one of the tribe, but you're living like them, like that's a form of respect and great research. And I feel like that's awesome, you know? But some research is just done so disrespectfully. There's some that go in with like a snideness and no respect for how the people performing these things have been labeled paranormal do it. So they set up controls or set up the experiment in a way that doesn't work at all with how people work. And then, you know, there, there is a lot of disrespect. And I feel like some do it with an approach to sh just show that it's nonsense rather than to be like, maybe this is true, you know, and I feel like those never work or they're going to decide no matter what, this isn't true without really. Right. Yeah. I feel like if the scientific community was more like, okay, let's try and figure out like what this is, you know, like with the, the NDEs, for example, I was listening to a, a podcast about that recently. Just so you know, NDEs are near death experiences. And if you're following this podcast, we're going to be talking about them a lot. And for what I get most excited when I hear about NDEs is there's also really factual evidential stuff people get, which I will save for another podcast, but to go into the details, because I could talk for two hours about that, but there's yes. studies where people will be able to see things, you know, their brain dead, their heart's not working, and then they come back and they say things that were happening in the emergency room that they couldn't know, and they I, say things the that were room. in the waiting room. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, in the other room. And then that there's so much evidence to talk about, like, okay, so lack of oxygen to the brain would explain how Joe knew that Mary knew about all these things. So it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. It just yeah. that doesn't make any sense. I think that people are having a spiritual out of body experience during that time. Now that's not the right phrasing, but I think they actually are having an experience at that time that's not being accounted for. And there was an actual um 
I think he was a neurologist or something like that, or some sort of brain scientist or something like that, that did have an NDE and they, they did have that out of body experience and was like, holy crap. And I think they, that changed his whole perspective and view on it. Club Care is a charity organization founded by Emma Justice after the loss of her father, David Justice, to glioblastoma. Club Care is dedicated to supporting children and families dealing with cancer. They strive to create joyful moments through meaningful projects impacting individual families as well as larger oncology communities. Funding for all projects is raised through philanthropic donations. Go to makingheadway.org backslash programs for a complete list of programs and activities. Are you an advocate, a change maker, a healer, or an expander? Does your business have an important story to tell? A story agency can help you craft and share your business's story with the right audience. A story is a public relations and communications firm that develops thoughtful strategies, content, and powerful partnerships for those who are making a positive social impact, sparking reform, and promoting well-being. Founded by Allison Mahoney, an American lawyer who has spent the past decade advocating on behalf of survivors of social injustices, crimes, and civil rights violations, a story agency is not your average PR firm. Reach out to a story agency today at hello at a story, E-S-T-O-R-I-E, agency.com, or visit www.astoryagency.com and mention WTF just happened in the subject line to receive a free 30-minute consultation. Yeah, I believe that's Dr. Alexander Eben. I haven't researched it enough to have a strong opinion. I haven't met him to really ask him my list of questions. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's serious medical scientists studying this too. Um, I know like Dr. Sam Parnia, Dr. Bruce Grayson, and I believe yeah. Dr. Parnia got into it because he had some patients that had NDEs and he was like, but he just believed them that they said this was something else. And what I also find interesting, and I do think you have to have a respect for people and their experiences because vast numbers of people from atheists like me to like Wiccans to Christians of all different belief forms and different cultures, all, not all, because you're never going to get all. There's a tiny, tiny percent that say it was, they don't believe it was anything, but almost at, close to hundred percent say that this was another level of something. And they tend to like all leave organized religion. They tend to almost all then mm -hmm. say, I truly believe life exists now after death, even if they thought it didn't at all before. People who believed in like a stereotypical heaven say that's not what it's like. You know, it's so fascinating, the consistency. And I just do believe you have to have a respect for when people share their experiences and you can't just dismiss it. I don't think you need to draw such a strong conclusion. There's studies that show the difference of brain oxygen deprivation 
and the people do not have the same experiences as during NDEs. Really? See, and I wondered about that, and I was like, it can't be just brain oxygen. To, like, that doesn't, that can't explain everybody's situation, you know? And one of my favorites, which I want to learn more about too, are there are people apparently blind from birth who saw during an NDE. Quite a few. And there's a whole book on it by Dr. Kenneth Ring. I believe that was him. He is an NDE researcher. He's not like a woo believey person. He's a doctor and a scientist, very left brain. And he's like, this happened, you know, so. See, and that's amazing. And I feel like just so much research is being put in the wrong directions, I think. And I, I just feel in the medical community, there's this disconnect of the spiritual and the physical, because we are spiritual beings, and we, we are also having a physical experience, the human experience here on Earth. And we need to address both of those when we talk about mental illness or when we talk about illness in general. I, I think it needs to be looked into a lot more seriously. I mean, there's some people that are, but I wish, I wish there wasn't a snideness about it. And I get why, because I think there can be a danger where people with cancer will, you know, turn down traditional medicine that could have saved them to go do energy work. I mean, there really is a danger. But at the same time, given that people are doing traditional and really respecting medicine, you can't deny there's something going on in some other way than we understand through our material perceptions. And it's worthy. It's really worth looking into. I agree. I definitely agree. I guess the last thing I want to talk to you about, had you told me when we first talked that you had an NDE when you were born? I told you when we first talked that I had actually died when I was born, which I find really fascinating. So I, I was like, I was alive, like in the womb, obviously. I had died for a short while. I think it was like three minutes while I was like, my mom was having me. And I think it's really fascinating. I mean, I don't remember anything, obviously. But I think it's really fascinating because I am an empath and there were things that happened growing up that everyone in the household was affected, but not me, not as much. Well, like, like dynamics within your family type of stuff. I mean, obviously it's not something I expect you to go into, but like. I was actually interviewed on a different podcast, Walk in the Shadowlands, and you can cut that out if you want to. I don't want to like advertise other podcasts. I don't mind. It's all a community. I like supporting each other. So yeah, the Walking the Shadowlands podcast, which is actually in the anchor group that I think we met into. She is amazing. I absolutely love her stuff. And she has some stuff on NDEs too. I think you'll find her episode really fascinating. And she looks into the scientific side as well. So you might want to look into that one. You might find her really cool. Well, maybe she should be on this too. She would love it. You would. Yes. So I actually had a demon in my house for a little bit because of my cousin and because of her usage of um, heroin. And so she actually introduced that. And then a Ouija board opened the door to more entities coming in. And it was just like really bad. But for some reason, it just didn't affect me quite as much. And I think that it is due to me being an empath and to that kind of situation. And I have heard that children who experience NDEs or children who have died and come back, they are kind of matured in a way. And do you feel, no, I've actually heard that in the research and that even adults, a consistency as adults come back carrying a lot less about materialism and they care a lot more about love and living for a purpose and wanting to help other people. 
and they really changed their lives. So did you feel as a kid, did you feel more advanced than other kids? Were there things you, you did, did, you, yes. did you relate to that? Yes. Oh my goodness. Talking to some people, like I just felt like I was a lot more mature. I would help out the grownups more. I felt like I could relate to the grownups more. When the kids were out there playing, I was out talking to my aunt and just talking to her about stuff. I mean, we weren't necessarily shooting the shit about the mortgage, but you know, we were talking about some more grown-up activities and grown-up things that I related to a lot more. Uh, and I've gotten this for so long. A lot of people that, you know, you're so mature for your age. A lot. Like a lot. And do you feel, like obviously most people consider themselves good people, but did you feel that kids tend to be more interested in material or they're really interested in like toys? Yeah, I was, I was a lot as a kid. I would help do the dishes. I would help vacuum. I would help clean because it made my mom really happy. She loved to clean. She loved doing that stuff. So I'd always help her out with that kind of stuff. I always had some sort of goal, some sort of, you know, I was out practicing drawing. And so I've become a pretty good artist because I was doing drawing and stuff like that. And even when it was really difficult, I'd do that kind of stuff. But I would draw and I would just kind of keep to myself a lot. But I would have something that I was doing. I was doing something all the time. Just doing, doing, doing. It wasn't necessarily, money's not a thing. TV was not a thing. I mean, my mom grounded me one time and I was like, mom, is it okay if I watch like 30 minutes of TV? My favorite show is on. And she's like, okay. Like I called her <laughs> to ask for permission when I could have oh, just watched it myself. Oh, and she wasn't home. Wow. That is pretty mature. You know, I feel most kids would be like, I can do what I want, you know, she's not watching, I'm gonna know. Right, and it, I mean, it was even to a point where I was like, mom, I found this really, and it was a, the show That's So Raven, uh, and my mom was super Christian at that time, growing up, you know, and she got less and less as time grew, but growing up, she was, and it was That's So Raven, and she was a psychic, and you know, and I said, mom, is it okay if I watch this show, and she would, she would say yes, or she would say no, and like and that. were you allowed to watch That's So Raven? I remember that show. She did say yes eventually. She she did say, you know, you've been really good and I think that you can watch the show. I think that that would be okay. And so, I mean, even growing up and in, in, as I grew up through high school and stuff, I didn't really party. I didn't see a need for it. I still didn't in college. I mean, <laughs> no. Oh, I loved partying. I thought it was so much fun. <laughs> I didn't do it much. I didn't find a need for it, honestly. I like to to read and to learn stuff. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm both, I think. Because I think I liked, like, sort of the energy. Like, I always felt like, especially teenage parties, always had, like, this vibrancy and kind of, like, anything's <laughs> possible, like, excitement to them. But at least that was my experience. Like, it was sort of like this, I found it, like, a very vibrant experience and very positive high buzzy energy I mean of course I drank but like so that could have been part of the buzz but it was like <laughs> I don't know I only like to drink even now in certain like very positive social happy circumstances same here same here yeah and yeah. so I, I guess I found high school parties kind of not always but a lot like that and same with college parties and then I would also like to go pull up and read and learn so I don't know I think I like both always 
That's good. That's good. Like to have a healthy balance like that though. That's really good. Yeah. Are you more introverted you think than extroverted or are you just I think like- I'm a little bit of both, you know, um, I'm a communication major. So we studied this quite a bit and there's like a bit of a, a scale and I'm a little bit of both. Like I need to be extroverted for a bit, but I need my introversion too. Like you can't just be out all the time. <laughs> Okay. I always thought I was that until COVID. Now I'm like, I'm a hundred percent extroverted. Like I get so much, I have no energy when I'm not like engaged with a lot of people. So this has been a trying time. Oh, I miss people. (laughs) I miss people. I miss cafes and bars and restaurants and groups and you know, Brandon's taking me out. My fiance's taking me out for dinner tonight for the first time. First restaurant that's open, finally. Oh, you guys are open. Oh, wow. Yeah, be careful. But so, oh, it's going to be nice. I'm glad you're supporting them too. That'll be meaningful. Yeah, we have limited um, capacity. So our governor's doing an amazing job. My gosh, she's only opening the city like parts at a time. And we've gotten to the part where it's okay to have people out in the restaurants now. So I'm really happy about that. Really excited for it. So, so Michelle, I guess we're like, kind of getting to the end do you have any tips or anything you want people to anyone who's interested in Wiccan what would you most recommend that they go learn oh my goodness so we're actually we have a an episode about this on our podcast it's like oh are you new to witchcraft you want to be a witch I have an entire episode about it and it's like you know just start slow don't just jump in headfirst and say, oh, you need all this stuff and you have to be an eclectic Wiccan and these are all the things that you need and this is what you got to do. And no, don't do that. Don't just label yourself right away. Figure out what resonates with you and what fits with you and then do that. And if you have to be in the broom closet, be in the broom closet. I'm lucky and I don't have to live at home. My parents, they don't have to know and they're in Florida. So it doesn't really affect my life too much. But if you are living at home and you're with your parents and they're very against this kind of stuff, leave the aesthetic. You don't need the aesthetic. All you need is you and the intent. What is your intent? Is it to harm somebody or is it to help somebody? And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. So Maya asks... So how is it being friends with psychic mediums? Do you ever feel weird that they know all your secrets? Okay, I was worried in the beginning that they would know all my deepest secrets or just know every awkward thought that was running through my head. But they've told me it's not like that. First of all, when they do medium readings, which means they're communicating with someone who's passed away, They say it's more like playing charades than talking on the phone. So when they read us, living people, psychically, that seems to be the same. It's just not that perfect, or there would be no more skepticism if they could know every single thought and past experience without boundaries about people. They also need to tune into us, and we need to give them permission when they give us psychic readings. So there seems to need to be some consent on our end before they just know everything about us. At times, they might know some things more than someone who is not psychic. I've noticed personally they might know some 
weird, totally random information. For example, they might know the name of a first boyfriend or like sense that a certain time in our life was really hard. They might know a thing or two that is very specific, but it's not this constant boundaryless, violating, creepy level. I don't even think about it anymore when I hang out with them. And, you know, I have heard sometimes they'll know if something is happening at the moment where they might need to come help you. It, the way it seems to work seems to be pretty positive rather than violating and shaming and negative. And also, as my friendships have deepened and I've opened up more and more, it's not like whenever I begin sharing the stuff that's more personal, they already knew it at all. So yeah, they might know some things, but there seems to be limits and boundaries and respect to how these abilities work. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad. How as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife, and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to wtfjusthappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. As I'm sure you've heard, the Supreme Court in the United States just overturned Roe v. Wade, 
which protects a woman's right to have an abortion if she chooses. Now it's illegal in some of our states. If anyone is looking to obtain an abortion and you live in a state where it's illegal, you can check the following sites. I suggest using a VPN, virtual private network, which hides your identity on your computer or phone. These are the sites, womenonwaves.org, womenonweb.org, aidaccess.org, plancpills.org, wholewomanshealth.com, abortionfunds.org, and of course, Planned Parenthood. I linked all of them on our Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore, and they're saved in our stories. These are also great places to donate and see if they need any help. So thanks, Michelle. This has been such an interesting conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with you. That was Michelle Little, and she can tell you. Yeah, so like I said, I'm with the Spiritual Witch. I am the Spiritual Witch. And my upload schedule is every Monday morning. You can find me on Anchor, Spotify, all those kinds of things. The Instagram is at the one spiritual witch. And one is the number one, not O-N-E, just the number one. Email is the one spiritual witch at gmail.com. Website is the spiritual witch at wixsite.com. And I have an Oracle deck out as well. You can find that at the Game Crafter under the Birds Oracle deck. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened dot net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened. <laughs>